Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm your host, Joe. And we are here today to talk about episode 403, The False Bride. The third episode of season four. We made it three episodes in. I didn't know if it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And after I watch this one, I'm not sure if there'll be... Oh, don't be silly. Be I'm so happy with this episode. I'm so happy to be finished basically watching mm-hmm. a condensed version of 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. And back to Outlander, where I'm watching my friends as they live and explore the land and their emotions. We were, this was my kind of Outlander we're definitely episode. back to <laughs> Outlander, for sure. So this episode, as I mentioned, is called The False Bride. Mm-hmm. Did I mention? You did already, yes. Great. It's written for television by Jennifer Yale, and as far as I can see, this is the first episode that she's ever written of Outlander. Yeah. And directed by Ben Bolt. And so this is a first time for him to direct Outlander. But he has also directed such things that you may have heard of. um, Like Downton Abbey and The Vikings. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. It was a well-directed episode. There were Uh, some cool cool moments of... Hard snoozer. Well, not for everyone. Spoiler alert. Hard snoozer. No. Not for everyone. Um, And I did, as per usual, I watched the episode by myself. Drank my tea. Loved Mm. it. Then watched it again with Joe. Took notes. And you know what? I might watch it tonight after we finish this podcast. You're kidding me. No, I love it. Oh my God. I love this episode. So it starts with the title shot, which is a deer made of wood. Mm -hmm, A stag. A stag. Thank you. Um, And you said that must have taken someone a long time to put together. Yeah, you don't just buy those on Amazon. Yes. And then the episode begins in Inverness in 1970. Which yes. I was really excited about. Why? Well, because I felt like one of the... I mean, there was so many things I didn't like about last week's episode, but one of them was it was just... You, there was no escape. You were just... You knew in 1970s Inverness a slave was not going to get hung <laughs> by a meat hook from a tree. Exactly. And then I saw Roger, and it was nice to see the Reverend Wakefield's mm-hmm. house. I was happy to see that set again. Now, whenever, oh, go ahead. No, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, whenever I see that set, though, it makes me miss Frank. Right. Because... Tobias Menzies has obviously shot a lot of scenes in that particular set, and you know, he nice. came up. Uh, the name, the Frank, the Frankening came up in this episode. No flashbacks, no Tobias Menzies. Uh, I but thought, yeah, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, sooner or later, I think we're going to see something, but not not this one. This would have been a good opportunity, but I thought we might see a little little Toby. You did you didn't yeah. tell me that? It didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. So I'm just. But I will say, and sorry to interrupt you, but no, you know, we got. I think you're gonna stop talking about Tobias Menzies, and I'm not quite ready to stop. Um, they did. He was seen wearing Frankish attire at some point while they were filming season four. So I think it's possible he had that great fedora on. Right. So I think he makes an appearance. I don't know much about Tobias Menzies, but I could just imagine him just wearing that. Just I know. Like to go to and why wouldn't you? Target why or something like that. Wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Okay. So it begins with um, Roger playing the guitar in Reverend Wakefield's empty house. Yeah. And what did you think? What did you think about Roger overall? Starting right from this scene, did to, he seem a little down to you? I mean, Roger always seems a little down to me. Two takeaways that I got from Roger um, is that Richard Rankin, the man who plays Roger, actually can play guitar. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people are playing guitar or instruments in uh, shows and movies and they're not actually playing. They're just like sort of moving their hand up and down while they pretend to play. But he's actually, uh, he can actually play. Yeah. Also, my second takeaway is that, and I noticed it's the first time I saw him, but I definitely know. in this episode, <laughs> and this isn't a, this isn't necessarily an insult, 
but he looks like um, a really skinny version of Zach Galifianakis to me. Not a who, compliment. if you if you don't know who that is, he's the he's one of the main characters in The Hangover. He's kind of like the funny guy with the beard, and that's what this guy. That's what Richard Rankin uh, as Roger as Roger looks like to me. Every time I see him, all I can see is skinny Scottish Zach Galifianakis. You know, it's interesting because Richard Rankin, I don't know if you've seen him regularly, but he's a pretty clean cut, well haircutted man. He is like a well haircutted man. <laughs> I saw him on the on the comic Comic Con panel when he first got introduced and he was he was one hell of a haircutted man. He has he, yeah. he he's a he's a nice looking gentleman and they really downplay that. They've they galvanized him. Fuzzy beard yeah. on him and that bowl cut. Yeah, he looks really pasty, it's not and good. they don't—they don't really. It's—it's it's interesting to cast someone who looks mm-hmm. like Richard Rankin. Wears a lot of tight turtlenecks. He does doesn't he? Yeah, I know it's because of the time, but I don't know. I feel like it's almost a waste. Maybe yeah. And just um, to speak to what you were saying about how he can actually play the guitar, I guess at one point there was talk about him potentially learning how to play the fiddle. And because Roger is a musician, but and he can sing, but Richard Rankin's like, hey, I can play a little bit of the guitar. Do you think that we could just move- switch out that <laughs> yeah. fiddle? Because rather than me like learning something from right. scratch, why don't we just, we just get we a just little better at what I already it? know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he pushed for that, and I think that was probably a good call because at the end of the day, you still consider Roger a musician, right? Yeah, well, this definitely uh, focuses on that at some boring point of the show. Yes. Now, um, I know you're not a devout Outlander fan, so you don't know all that the is correct. ins and outs of the relationships. But do you remember the character of Fiona from season three? No. So not a sniff. Okay. So she ha- and and it, they really they, they downplay it a bit in the show, but in the book, she's in love with Roger. Okay. Like she loves him, and he really has no interest in her. Zip. So I thought it was kind of cute that in this episode, she's obviously moved on. Mm-hmm. And has a boyfriend who seems kind of friendly, and it's and nice she job. is very aware that Roger has he's a dalliance. Yeah, he's courting, as she says. Right, Brianna. courting. Mm-hmm. She says, but it's a long distance relationship, and it's been going on for quite a while. Yeah, he says we spent last Christmas together as well. So we saw the first Christmas they spent together when it was the Christmas when Claire went back in time. Right. So then they spent the, the next Christmas, Christmas together, yeah. which I was thinking, of course they did, because for well, all intents and purposes, both Brianna and Roger are orphans. Yeah, who else would they spend they Christmas have, with? They have Candy. Yeah. Like, Roger's parents died, and he was adopted by Reverend Wakefield. Mm-hmm. And Brianna's... So they've all, they are all they've got. Yeah. Or are they? No, they are. Well, we'll see. We will see. So, yeah, we have that little bit with Roger and Fiona. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, you're going to North Carolina to perform in a Scottish festival. Right. Have fun. This is a, it's what we like to call an exposition dump. Right. It's a scene setting up what's going to happen and giving Roger a reason to go. So, yeah, just a fun little exposition dump. Also establishes that Roger can play, Roger can play the guitar. Mm-hmm. Exposition, exposition, Scottish exposition. Yes. And yep. then... We go back in time to Aunt Jocasta's. Yeah. And it's the next day. Claire's still real unhappy. Is it the next it day? It is the next day. Literally because I don't next. know if you remember, oh, but yeah, when yeah. she's saying goodbye to Claire, she says, last night's events, I wish they could have been different. Right. But they weren't. They weren't. So, and the first thing we see with Aunt Jocasta is 
she's talking to Jamie about leaving and she's not happy at all. No, she thought Jamie was going to be like the heir no. apparent to River Run, and, and she was all basically ready to just hand it all right over to him. And, and, uh, and he, he says, "I'm going to be a printer," and she scoffs yeah. at it. But I like the the other line in that that scene was where he said, "I I only want to be the master of myself or my own, my own soul. soul or something." It was a good line. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and he tries to give her the money back. Half heartedly. No, he does. You know, he he's says, like, I didn't uh, earn it. I didn't I earn I it. No, he didn't want to give it back. I mean, he knew Jocasta was going to give it to him. And she says, do not let your pride stand in the way of your family's security, mm-hmm. which is a really good thing to say to someone yeah. who's... I like Jocasta a lot. I, I miss her already. Too. Yeah. I think we're, we're... I mean, we'll see her again for sure. Spoiler. She gives him the candlesticks. You were in a surprise turn of events not very yeah. happy with the candlesticks. What, what did... Happen? I don't know. I just think I, I don't... Maybe the candlesticks play a big part in the future of Outlander, but... I don't know. I don't think so. It's one of those things where... I don't know. If I'm writing a book, which I never have, so who knows? Maybe this is how book writing goes. It's like... And I'm thinking... I'm just sitting there like in a cafe or a Starbucks or something. I'm thinking, like, what awesome memento can Jocasta pull out for Jamie that his mom left for him? How about a box of rando candlesticks? Like, that's... Like, where are they going to... They're going to live in a shack in the woods. There's not going to be any reason for them to pull out what are you 17 talking about? silver candles. Exactly. A shack in the woods is very dark. I, I, it's we, dark but they're at like night. ornamental. I don't know. I just I couldn't a brooch and anything like I don't know. It just seemed weird. Okay. Mm, well, Seven I candlesticks. Love this scene and I actually cried the you first did time not I watched cry. this scene. Yes, because Jocasta touches his face and says in a very pragmatic way, there's no point something like there's no point in mourning the loss of something that's already gone but I wish I had my eyes for a few minutes so I could see you that is sad it's heartbreaking I didn't really pay attention because um, you were like candlesticks yeah I was too busy ranting about candlesticks <laughs> so then Jamie basically says you know we're going to continue doing the plan that we were going to do before we're going to send Ian back to Scotland by ship and we're going to Claire and I are going to make a home for ourselves next scene Ian is chas- not happy with that chasing Uncle Jamie up the stairs and he's like I have you know lots has happened yeah. to me since I, I came here as a boy but I am now a man he's been kidnapped by pirates he said I've been through what was it that he'd been through twice piracy twice he'd been captured by pirates twice twice oh yes. right yeah 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 the pirate and the hurricane the everything. hurricane shipwreck and you were like Ian has seen some shit for sure yeah <laughs> like for sure you were on you, his side and then you, you said He's been raped by some foxy blood witch. He's got a dog. Like, a lot has happened. A lot has changed. A lot has changed. He's not even young Ian anymore. He's just, like, Ian. I mean, he still looks so little. He He looks 12 years old. He is a 12-year-old scrawn, for sure. But uh, Uncle Jamie says, you're right. It's up to you. Right? I'll write and tell tell her that you're not coming home. And he's like, I'm a man. I'll write and tell her the news myself. So character of Jenny still ever-present. Right, the looming presence of Jenny. Not so much old Ian and his one leg. No, but I feel like he's going to... He's coming back? I think he is because Jenny's not. I like that actor, so I hope so. Oh, you do? I thought so. Sam Hewen likes that actor, too. Good for him. Mm Mm-hmm. So then it's the goodbye between Claire and Jocasta. Yeah. And that's when she says, I wish... Which is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, really? Yeah. She says, I wish things had been different. And Claire says, yeah, me too. Thanks for everything. See you later. And Jocasta, I can't remember if she says something, but Claire does her, I beg your pardon, where she turns around. Yeah. 
and says, I beg your pardon. Basically, uh, she alluded that Claire was making a mistake taking Jamie away, like taking him away from his destiny or, you know, like a good situation anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And Claire says, I mean, Claire just throws shade. You haven't seen my husband in years. You know nothing about our relationship. Which isn't effective when you can't see shade. So that's why it just bounced off Jocasta. Jocasta can feel it. But nothing. She stood up. Oh, Jocasta. Jocasta's like, I am Claire 1.0. Sit the fuck down. Yeah. yeah. And Claire says, thanks for having us. And yeah. turns around. Toodles. And yeah. So no love lost there. You know what it is? They're two. They're both really strong. Yeah. And honestly, Claire doesn't get along with women that much. That well. In the show. In the really. show. Or no. even in the book. All of her close connections. Even in season one, how she was so close to like all of the Scottish clansmen. You know, then when she goes when she falls back through the stones again and she's living with Frank, her one friend. Joe Abernathy. Joe Abernathy, a man. Right. You know, she openly admits to not having a close relationship with her daughter. Yeah. So no, she doesn't really bond with women. She and Jenny bonded, but... Kind of Galus a little bit. A little, yeah. But Galus really tried. Galus brought the party. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Then we have um, them all leaving. They're getting on the on the horse, and or they, it looked like they were packing a horse and buggy, but then that disappeared. There's, there's a oh. couple horses, and then Ulysses brings out uh, Clarence the mule, who is uh, my second favorite character in this show. Was he this episode? In this episode, okay. He, yeah. But John Quincy Meyer joins them, and I thought you'd be oh, excited about that. I was excited. I liked the John Quincy Meyer character and was disappointed that he didn't play a bigger role in this episode. Again, because yeah. that's twice now where you've seen him. Yeah. He's only been in for a little bit. But he's great. I like this character a lot. And I'm just waiting for that moment where we actually see him do something. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I think we will, though. The, the, this is the second scene that I cried when I was watching it for the first time. The John Quincy Myers scene? No, when Jamie held his hat up to oh, Aunt Jocasta, right. and she's blind, so she can't see, but Ulysses leans forward and says, your nephew has, has waved goodbye or something like right. that. It's just really sweet and sad and but i still like the ulysses character he's nice he he brings a little charm yeah and heart yeah and we'll to, see. E- to each uh to each scene yes and we'll see him again good then we're back in the 1970s right and you pointed out that everything in the 70s was a lot warmer yeah so this was uh, obviously a directorial choice where uh everything just to try and sort of build separation between the two uh times so if you if you look everything in the, that's shot in the 70s has a, like a warmer like the reds and the oranges are deeper it's yeah. a warmer tone yeah brown overall yeah almost yeah sepia well almost like a sepia tone that's right yeah. and everything in you know ye olden times is looks just sort of what you would normally see but but they've definitely given the 1970s stuff a, a certain cast to show that you know just to, to mentally switch you over. Which they always have done. I don't know if you remember, but from the pilot episode, when before Claire falls back in time, when mm-hmm. she's in the 1940s with right. Frank, it's sort of washed out. Same kind of thing. And, and then she is... falls back in time, and the greens are greener, and the sky is bluer, and Yeah, and then, like this is, yeah, it's, they, they do this a lot in TV shows and movies and things like that, and a lot of times you don't notice it. Like if you ever saw a movie called The Matrix with Keanu Reeves, uh, everything in the Matrix, when they're inside the Matrix, everything has like a green cast to it. And when they're out of the Matrix, everything has a blue cast to it. You know, things like that that just sort of, um, and it, you know, and there's tons of examples through the history of film and stuff like that. It's just one of those things that 
you, you know, mentally you switch over without really noticing or paying attention, but it's, it's a great way to sort of, you know, almost alert your mind that we're somewhere different without, without being like, you know, a caption on the bottom. It's like somewhere different. <laughs> 1970. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and something that I didn't notice at my first viewing. Yeah. So, but what I did notice is when you're in the 1970s, they really emphasize it's all like flights and cars and fast food. Like it immerses you in what feels very close to modern times. Yeah. They make sure to really 70s it up. Yes. Which is interesting because when the show initially started it was essentially two different period pieces. It was like the 1940s was one period piece and then, you know, the 1700s was the other. And I feel now, at least when I'm watching it, you know, I, I didn't live in the 70s for very long, but <laughs> but I, when I'm watching Brianna and Roger, I can certainly relate to their lifestyle. It's very similar to what we are in today. Yeah. Especially when they're in a car eating Dairy Queen, right? Right, right. Another kind of interesting thing with the 70s stuff that I don't know if it was on purpose or if it's just what they could get, but I also noticed that a lot of the cars that they were using were more sort of, I don't know if I would say iconic, but more recognizable cars. Like Roger's driving like a 1970s Mustang, you know, and they have oh. like some of the other cars that the uh, the little Highland Fling they end up going to, they pull back and it's like a GTO. And like they're not just like generic 1970s cars. They're, they're sort of more famous cars of the time and See, I don't know if I think that, they want you to identify with this time period maybe yeah or maybe it's just easier to find those cars because they're classic collector cars that people would have actually kept in good condition but uh, I mean you know there's obviously lots that have old cars for movies and things yeah I don't know yeah so Roger arrives and he and Brianna meet each other in the airport mm-hmm. so Sophie Skelton back on screen what are your thoughts uh, she's fine I don't mind her at all she's 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 like a solid five she she's not when i see her act i'm not like you're bad but when i see her act i'm like whatever she's okay she's fine what's roger out of 10 if we're rating if we're rating oh, the actor like three what i don't i he is like here, here's what i'll say roger the whole roger and brianna thing i could not give uh a, a shit. Well, that's because they're not your friends. One Scottish. They're shit. my friends, though, so we need to see how they do. Right, but they're like this whole Roger and Brianna thing is wicked boring and has been and is and this episode was like the penultimate wicked boring Roger <laughs> Brianna well, episode. That will change, but we need to. Hopefully, we'll see. We need to get invested in the characters and I, their history. But it's like it's dragging too long. Like, who cares? They've okay. been, we've seen them together a number of times. We're in love. I got it. Let's do something now. But they're they're are they they're in love in different ways though. That was the whole point of this episode, Joe. They're on they're on very different pages in right. life. I guess I am on very a very different page in my life where I don't care. I'm on the page that doesn't care. Chapter four. I don't give a shit. But what do you think is going to happen? I literally have no idea, and I'll tell you why. Because they're not progressing their story. There's this, I love you, you love me, I don't know. They're going to go buy a toaster at a grocery store. I have no, like, hopefully something interesting happens to propel them along. I don't know what's going to happen. They haven't given me much of a reason to care. Hopefully they will. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, I have no idea. Okay. So we see them in the car, and they're flirting, and then they kiss and laugh. Mm-hmm. And then the car keeps driving along. 
and then it dissolves into the same path as Claire and Jamie and John Quincy Meyer and young Ian all clip-clop along right. with their horses. Yeah, that was nice. It was a nice touch. So so supposedly they're traveling along the same stretch of road is what they're alluding to. I loved it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. So, and then you see, you kept saying, you said something like, Jamie has this weird look on his face. He kept making this weird, like, sort of like he was flirting with the trees. Like, Do you know what? sort of like, they're like, hey, Sam, look happy. He's like, uh... Okay, like he did it a few times in the episode. I think, and the whole episode, and this is one of the reasons why I love this episode, is there's definitely a feeling of hope. And I think that's what Jamie is feeling. So this is a man who's had a very difficult existence up until now, but this is a moment of hope. He's riding around, he's looking at this new, you know, world that Mm -hmm. could be his new home. He's finally been reunited with Claire, his love. Right. He's got family around him. I, mean, I they, think that's him being hopeful. Right. Ho- I think hopefully. that weird look on his face was hope. Hope. Okay. So they all sit around the campfire, John Quincy Myers, Young Ian, Claire and Jamie, and they give Young Ian permission to go with John Quincy Myers to do some trades with the Native Americans. Which I think could be an interesting uh, subplot. Something will go probably horribly wrong. Um, well, you pointed out that they gave permission really quickly, and we don't even let our son go out and play in the backyard unless the window is open. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's different times. That's, yep. that's for sure. Yep. Yeah. So the next day, Jamie and Claire are riding along on their own. I would. I just want oh, aside. I yeah. just want to say, if there was a spinoff show of just Young Ian and John Quincy Myers, would, I would watch that. Would you? Like, uh, With Rolo? With Rolo, yeah, Rolo. yeah, they could call it like Rolo and the gang, and they could just go around having adventures, wacky adventures in North Carolina, mm-hmm. old time. I would watch that. Would you? That's a more interesting show. So make that spin off. I'm okay. interested in that. We'll do a podcast on that. Yeah, Rolo and a, the gang, episode one. It's a great title. Thank you. So after Rolo and the gang go to do their, we never see them again. We don't All see episode. them again, but we see. Jamie and Claire riding along the two of them and this is something I wanted to talk about because Claire is talking about Brianna and how close she was to Frank you know she says they spent more time together Mm -hmm. they had a stronger bond than Brianna and me and you could see it kind of bugged Jamie a little bit did it I don't know I thought I thought he played it really well like he he brought it back around he just said well you know she'll be okay and she'll figure out what she wants to do but I'm like god that's gotta be weird for Jamie to to be like I sent my daughter back with you to stay safe and you stayed married to another man who ended up just raising her himself yeah I mean if anything he should be resentful towards Claire about that I would think no because she was becoming a doctor and he's like you were born to be a healer so he has always respected that but no but I'm I'm just saying like if he's going to be if he has if he's upset with Brianna's relationship with Frank it's because Claire openly admits that she was a shit mom. Yeah. So, you know, that's why. Yeah, well, Claire didn't admit she was a shit mom. That would... She basically... She wouldn't admit that. A neglectful mom. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They spent more time together, she says. Yeah. So, then Jamie says, there's going to be a storm. We should should find some lodging for the night. Mm -hmm. And probably my favorite line of the episode, Claire says, perhaps a quaint brothel? I thought, yeah, it was funny. Which I loved. Yeah. Because in a relationship... When someone makes a choice or does something that you sometimes maybe... It, sometimes it lives with you for a while. Sometimes it lives there for a maybe while. Maybe I lived in a French brothel. 
if you did, we would talk about it every day. Every single day. That's like, right. Like, what do you want for dinner? Does your... does yeah. your Lahore. Does, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does your opinion count? Because you lived in a brothel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I liked that she actually brought that up. Then it's dark. There's a storm. The mule runs off. And... Classic Outlander moment right here. This is vintage Outlander. But it's not. Because this didn't happen in the book. No, but I'm saying, like, this is vintage Outlander. I know, but this show. is what bugs me, because I feel like it has a bad rep for Claire doing stupid things, and for Claire to be like, I'm gonna go chase this mule in the dark storm myself. I know nothing about forests, let alone this forest. I'm going to chase the mule in the dark. And Jamie's like, no, it's a bad idea. She's like, I got a better idea. And Mine. Jamie just and watches she... her right away. Like, also why didn't dumb. he get on the horse and chase her and be like, together? Why don't we they both, both have go horses? Look? Why don't yeah. we both go look? I don't, for... Oh, I, don't... I think he was doing something with his horse. His horse wasn't ready to ride. I guess. Right? I there was know. a horseshoe involved. Not sure. But that was that was something that was written for her to say. So she did, and off she goes. Um, then they go back to the 1970s. Brianna. I'm fine. I did. I did find her to be a little bit wooden. Well, you've never been a fan. I've never been a fan. I I do want to warm up, and people get frustrated because people really do dog Sophie Skelton. Really. But I, I felt like she was a little bit wooden. Why, why do they dog her? Because she's wooden. I mean, I don't know. She's there's a lot worse on this show. Who? I mean, Roger. Roger's not very good. No, he's great. He's charming. He's Fergus. Come on. What is your deal with Fergus? He's garbage. Hot he's garbage. great. No. Garbage. No, no. He's he's good. Um, so they they walk along and she says, you know, that she does wonder, uh, she thinks about her mother and wonders if she found Jamie, mm-hmm. which is something I kind of liked because the reality of the situation is, you know, she said goodbye to Claire and Claire went through the stones. We know that she went to Jamie. Everything was, I mean, a little complicated, but turned out okay. And now they're together and happy. But really, for Brianna, her mother walked into a stone and she never saw her again. Right. She's just like super weird. It's super a super weird. weird relationship that both of them were okay with that. That just shows how neglectful of a mother Claire was. Yeah. Well, she encouraged her to go. I know. But yeah. that's because she didn't care. She cares. She just, yeah. Doesn't. She does. So they go and they do a flingy dance. The Highland Fling, I the believe, Highland Fling. is what, what they're, I don't know, or it's a Highland Fling, I don't know. Scottish people, feel free to correct us. It was fun, though. I liked watching this. Uh, I liked watching them yeah, dance. The, well, I think the whole thing is a Highland Fling. I don't really know. But, uh, yeah, it's a big Scottish festival. And, yeah, so they did the little the little dance. Yep. They looked good doing it. Yeah. They did look good doing they it. They were having a grand old time. I got a little bit welled up again. Really? When they cl- and it's funny when they did a close up on Brianna. Cries? Just not like sobbing. Oh, is this when they started doing the like love motion. montage? And Brianna oh. was smiling and so happy, and then they went back to Claire, and it's like that's what Claire and Jamie would want to know that Brianna they would that their that. daughter is happy, right. right? And kind of being taken care of. So it jumps back and forth a, a bunch of times, but since we're talking about the the Scottish festival, we'll also talk about how Roger plays and sings. And he sings a slow ballad called The False Bride. And this is where you learn that Richard Rankin, in addition to playing guitar, can also sing. Right. Which is an important character trait of Rogers. You mentioned that at the time. So I assume at some point they'll go back in time and he has to sing for supper or something. All I know is I fast forwarded through the song. It was, sure. it was a slow, yeah. slow song. Much, and they do, they play the whole thing. Slow, slow episode. Yeah. 
They walk back to their cabin. You were surprised that Roger and Brianna had separate cabins. A little bit, yeah. I guess it was the time, sort of. But she is Claire Randall's daughter. So they don't have separate cabins for long. So, and her amount of Venus. Yeah, so. Helps her right. as they go in and then she throws her well, shirt. She gives Roger a bottle of scotch. Yeah, she, but let's then, get drunk. But then says, let's go drink it together. Right. Right. So they go in, she throws her shirt over the deer. Deer mounted deer's head. They start... Right. They start pretty heavily engaging in what seems like it's going to be like... Sex. (laughs) Seems like sex. Let's just go ahead and say it. They're right in the middle of it. They're about to have the sex. They are about to have the sex. And Roger's like, just one minute. I want this minute moment to be perfect. Right. Sophie Skelton literally is like, what the, what the yeah, actual fuck? Yeah, you don't... Well, I mean, I think anyone would right. be. And he gets out a bracelet. Yeah. And it just keeps going from there. He gets just out of... colossal... That was the first of many errors. He gets the bracelet out, and then he starts saying all these wonderful things, and then he gets on his knee. It's like, I don't even need he, a ring. This is so good. He says... And he just like, it's a lot. Like, yeah. even you said, this is... That's too much. Yeah. Too much. Too fast. Yeah. And she says that, too. Because he says, you know, it, it's really sweet, like... Do you want to marry me? Right. And she says, I'm I'm not ready. No. And he says, well, we can be engaged as long as you like, but... But I want I, 100 kids. I want, like, a lot of kids, and I want some dogs, and I want a house, and I want... Like, it's just a lot. She's like, woo. Also, Stop, and they Scott didn't man. mention this in the episode, but they could have. He's a lot older than her, right? He's, like, seven or eight years older. I had no idea, but I'll take your word for it. Um... <clears throat> Also, they don't mention this in the episode, and I wonder if people clue in. Did you clue in that they are related to each other? No. Because he's a descendant of Galus and Dougal, and okay. she's Jamie's daughter, and Dougal's Jamie's uncle. I mean, that's distant. so it's that's distant. so distant. It is distant, but it's there. They don't talk about that either. I mean, they probably don't even know, really. I don't know. Maybe if they, they know do, but it's point. so many generations behind. Like they wouldn't. Yeah. That would be. Yeah. Basically irrelevant. Right. So she turns him down. Right. They get in a fight. You said Big you fight. felt it was funny listening to you because you were talking for both of them. Like when Roger was going on and on, you were talking for Brianna saying, this is too fast, too fast, too fast. Then when Brianna said that to him, he were like, burn. Yeah, yeah. She shut him down hard. <laughs> she did. And then they... Roger he, got all pouty pissy he pants. He did get a little bit pissy pants and she yeah. hit him Yeah. in the face and and she's got a hell of a hook too. She sure broke does. his lip. Sure does. Yeah. And then he basically sulks away. He does. He literally takes his jacket and sulks away. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then he was like, "I thought you were a virgin." Oh yeah. And then he gets like he says some real dick things he's kind of like patriarchal. if I he's like if I wanted to have sex with you I just would have had you on your back. I mean like it's yeah. he's kind of a douche. There were some douchey lines in there for sure. Yeah. 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 He was kind of a dick. I think he was very hurt. Yeah. He was lashing out. Yes. With his heart. I, I'd be interested to know what other people thought about Roger in this scene. Feel like, free to comment. Yeah, like, did you feel sorry for him? Or were you like, he's being kind of a dick? I'd like to know. I, I would wanna... also like to know what you thought. Please, Roger, pro or con? Dick or just scorned lover? Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Email us. At uh, loinlander at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter at loinlander. So then we go back to Claire, who has fallen off a horse, hit her head, finds shelter, and takes yeah. her boots off. Sorry. Unzips her boots. Right. You, and you told me this was a mm. giant, giant... On all the forums, on all my Outlander, everyone's like, 
she shouldn't have zippers. They weren't invented until 1876. Why is she unzipping her boots? But most people think, because costumes are done by Terry Dressback. Terry Dressback does not make mistakes, people. Anything that she does, she wants you to see. It's never like, oh, look, she forgot to switch the boots and she has Claire with zippers. Especially when the boots play such a large role in this episode. There's no way that that was unintentional. Yes, those were Claire's boots from when she went back in time. She chose some sturdy, zipped-up boots because she knew that she was going to be going through a ton of stuff, including jumping off a ship, walking through a jungle, getting shipwrecked. Like, she's worn those boots everywhere. Now, that said, I'm sure someone is going to go through and try and find frame grabs of her boots in that episode. Is that someone you? Is that what you're going to do after we do this podcast? If someone did care, to, I'm sure they could go try and find it, and they probably are different boots. But um, so in the scene, after she unzips her boots, she finds a skull, and then yeah, she this sees, scene got super. This whole this is where the the whole episode went super sideways. She sees a ghost coming towards her. Well, she finds a, a skull, but then also like a magic glitter rock and underneath she says, Did the this skull. Belong to you? Yeah, and the skull's got a like a fracture in the back of it, like as if someone's hit it with a knife or an axe or something. And then a ghost man starts walking Flickering, towards her. Flickers. Flicker, a flicking ghost man starts coming towards her. You were like, what's going on? Does she have a concussion? Yeah. She, <laughs> Joe she, she reaches concussed. for the rationale. Yeah. Like, and then Claire is really into the ghost man. And, and she... Well, this is something, and I think this is one of the reasons why I love Claire, because she's such a brave, brave soul. But most women, men, everyone, especially me, if I saw, first of all, if I found a skull, I wouldn't wipe it off with my hands and talk to it. But in addition, if I saw um, a person that had uh, fire in their hand flickering on and off, yeah, I'd probably, disappearing and reappearing, I would, like, hey. I would freak the shit out. You would run. I would As run. As most people, probably. Screaming in terror. Yeah, yeah. And Claire that says... That wouldn't be a bad reaction. What does she say? She says something like, what do you who need? Are you, or who or are you? Who are you? Want? I'm not sure. We what are you looking for? Rewind. Yeah. Um, but she's not. she stands right yeah, there and, and stares at him. He's wearing a necklace with the magical glitter yeah. rock on it. And then he... He just turns around. He turns around and you can see that his head is... Yeah. Is he scalped? I'm not sure, but he definitely has... Like a like a head wound. Yeah. So unlike me, where and he I appears would be, to be sorry, he appears to be of some sort of Aboriginal descent. Yeah. Right? Or at least he's dressed that way. Yeah. I would be screaming bloody murder, turning in circles, trying to cover my eyes, and probably go in the fetal position. Clara goes back to her shelter, just lies down and goes to sleep for hours. Obviously, because she right. wakes up and it's broad daylight. Yeah. It makes not a lick of sense. Yeah. Um, but but there we are. And then we, we, well, before before she wakes up, we go back to Roger and Brianna. They reconnect as all the clans are being announced. Right. They kind of become semi-friendly, but Roger says something like, I either want all of you or none of you at all. Right. He's kind of dicky again. A little bit. He's pouty. He's definitely pissy pants. Pouty boy. Well, and it's sad because she's sitting in the Mackenzie clan, which is where he wanted her to be sitting. He had such high hopes because he wanted her to be sitting there knowing she was going to become a Mackenzie. Instead, she's sitting there and she's uncomfortable and like staring at him. Like, why are you pressuring me? And then he lights the stag with yeah. his torch and he turns around and he says, To Lagarde! And he looks over and she's gone. She's gone. And the way he Richard Rankin plays this, and I know it didn't do the same thing mm-hmm. for you, but I, I felt a kick in my stomach for him. Right. He was so disappointed with the way that turned out. 
he thought it was going to be like the best day of his life and that they were going to get married and he turns and she's gone yeah she left you didn't feel the same kick in the stomach for him the look on his face he played it really really well no really i just still just kind of saw the guy from the hangover with a torch in his hand okay so then claire wakes up in the morning and she follows the footprints because her boots are gone she follows the footprints of her own boots of her own boots and they lead her to a river a river and who's at the river james frazier king of men (laughs) so she explains to him well and he followed the same boots yeah he said i knew you'd come back here because i saw your boots yeah she's like but i didn't wear my boots the magic ghost sparkle rock man obviously did (laughs) and she said it was some sort of uh spirit or or ghost and you were like she is very particular about what she believes in yeah. you were like ship spirits fuck you indian ghosts i'm all thumbs up yeah yeah it's 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 really she she's very selective about her lore and her maybe it's the concussion maybe. i don't know but uh yeah and she explains it to jamie and jamie's like cool okay great well and then he's the, from the Scottish Highlands, so he believes in folklore and everything right, else, right? right? So he's always he's always kind of... A little more Mr. Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They walk along, they find some strawberries, Jamie looks out, what does he see? A beautiful piece of land. Is this before or after the skull? Oh, I forgot about that part. It's pretty big. It is big. So, so she washes the skull. Right. And what does Keeps she Keeps the skull. She's like, the, the flicker ghost gave me this skull! And she pulls <laughs> it out and then... For some reason, she decides... No, she says, I think this is him. I'm going to clean it for I'm gonna fun. I'm going to clean his mouth. Super weird. I'm going to clean out <laughs> his skull mouth. super into that skull. Really into that skull. So as she's cleaning I, it, yep. she finds... What does she find? Fillings. Three silver, silver fillings, fillings. Which is obviously not of the time. So what do we have here? Another time traveler. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Time travel. A little bit of sci-fi in this episode. But it's kind of like weird... Almost, it had, this whole thing had a, uh, had a bit of, like, that whole sort of sequence with the flicker ghost and that kind of shit. It it had a bit of a lost vibe to it. Like, the show lost. Mm. And I don't mean that in a good way. Mm. I just mean, like, when a weird thing happens in an episode and then they never pay it off, which was lo- Lost's MO. This will get paid off. There do is, you know? I do. Does the flicker ghost play a big role? Is I it mean, actually Fergus? It's not Fergus, but it will come back. Is it it's a not person? just like an episode where she saw a flicker ghost and that's it. Okay. You learn about the flicker ghost. You do. Okay. Yeah. So in the book, mm-hmm. this was very differently done. They had already established themselves on Fraser Ridge. Right. And had been living there. Right. And Claire, which I think is much more makes a lot more sense, she was going to help deliver a baby. It was a winter storm. Mm-hmm. So she left the cabin and was walking and then you know something happens. something happened she does hit her head right finds the skull but it's winter and she's freezing and the and the spiritual ghost does her footprints back to the cabin where rollo can then track her so rollo comes and finds her so rollo's in the books well yeah rollo and the gang rollo and the gang so rollo young Ian, and jamie all follow the footprints and find claire but it's right. way later in the Hmm. But it, I mean, that's a better plot. This, 
well, it's a better plot in terms of like Claire's not like I'm gonna go chase that right. mule. So, she yeah. she is going to help deliver someone's baby. So right. she gets and then the snowstorm mm-hmm. is and and someone correct me if I'm wrong here. This again, I skipped this. I skimmed this book, but like it to, it was so thick that she got lost. Right, like it makes more sense. I mean, they would have had to wait until winter to do this plot. That's obviously in the middle of summer right now, or at best early autumn. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like from a calendar point of view that scene as in the book wouldn't work obviously um yeah. but uh, so anyways it's too it's, bad. It's it, but the whole point is it's the it's the spiritual ghost it does come into play the skull that she finds has fillings like it, it all it, it's all still there it's just in a different order right okay, so cool. we'll see what happens we will so back to when they find the strawberries right as they're eating the strawberries jamie looks out and he looks at the land. He falls in love with it. He says, I've never seen anything so beautiful. And you were like, well, you've never been to Scotland because we loved Scotland. Scotland is beautiful. Scotland is way more beautiful, but... Whatever. Whatever. He loves it. Grass is always greener on the other side of the Yep, fence. that's right. Or ocean. Yes. And um, he says, we'll live here and we'll call it Fraser's Ridge. Which for you, you were like yawning, like, is it over? But for most people book readers it's a big big deal fraser's ridge is huge and it's just it was a really nice moment when he said and we'll call it fraser's ridge it's like yes even as a book reader who didn't really like the book i was like this is gonna be great they put their arms around each other yeah and see cue to black yeah okay so loin points i'm gonna start because i feel like your loin points might be low it's a good guess. Okay. So I would give this episode 97. Oh, my God. 97. Yeah. I love this episode. I guess you said you're going to watch it for a third time. I'm going to watch it probably days. tonight before I go and to bed. And you cried three times. I got welled up with emotion. Uh, like, I don't know, 20, 25, you 20? Gave 12 Years a Slave episode 75. 12 Years a Slave episode was way better and compared to and compared to this episode 12 years of slaves episode was like a hundred like this this episode was just it's so character development boring Joe, it's not character development because they didn't their, develop their lives it's just their lives I, I didn't feel that the characters any of the characters developed in any way it was just pissy roger and boring brianna go to a dance like that's the, the i would love to see roger and brianna develop but i've yet to see it they're the exact same characters now as when we first met them two seasons ago. When the hell did we meet Roger Brandon? At the beginning the, of season three? The very end of season two. Yeah, like they're the exact same characters now as, as they were then. Like you could take the, the, the scene where Roger shows up at the house and him and Claire, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, Brianna's bitchy to him and then he and Claire get drunk. It's like the same characters. They're no different. Like, they look the same, they act the same, they're exactly the same. Okay, well, I... Could just be, like, literally the next day. Well, I really hope... I have no idea what's going to happen in the next episode, or who we're going to see, but I think that there will be some development that maybe you'll be happier with. Hopefully we see Jocasta. I'm a big fan of Jocasta, and she's the best part of this season so you know, far. hopefully... Hopefully who who we will see? Frank. Murta. Murta would be great, Where too. Where the fuck is Murta? Yes. Where is he? We I, are... We have watched three... Full episodes of season four? Where is he? Do we know for sure that he's in this season? Well, not he, for sure. He has to be. I mean, I, I've said this a million times. Why would you keep Murtaugh alive 
if you weren't going to bring him back in some way. Like, it makes no sense that they would have kept him alive in Season 3. And how are they going to bring him back, do you think? Do you think they're just going to run into him in North Carolina and Fraser? Like, how are they going to bring him back? highly unlikely. Is he going to write Jamie a letter? I mean, that... There's a lot... Let me, let me put it this way. There's a lot of really well-thought-out ways that Murtaugh could come back into the show, and I guarantee if he comes back, it's not going to be any of those ways. You well, can't guarantee that. You know, here's the thing. They are always in correspondence with Jenny and Ian at Lollybrock, and Murtaugh, I'm sure, could also reach out to them at Lollybrock. So it would be possible for him to like, find out where they are. Oh, and yeah. he can do that any day now. Yeah, We need sure. him in it. I would love to see Murtaugh. Bring Murtaugh. Woo. And he can marry Aunt Jocasta. That'd be great. That'd be fine. I don't care if he marries anyone. We need a little Murtaugh. Murtaugh would not have let Claire run after that mule. Or he would have went after her. Yeah, he would have. He, yeah. would have. he would have stopped it. Yeah. Less dumb things happen when Murtaugh is around. Yes. Murtaugh is the anti-dumb. Okay. MVP. I'm going to give it to Jocasta. I love that scene with her and Claire. She just... Calls Claire out. She doesn't take any of her shit. And mm-hmm. I love Jocasta. She okay. sees right through Claire. She knows exactly what Claire is. She's just like... She does a, a, see through she's Claire. She's just like a, a six-foot problem. That's all Claire is to Jocasta. She I don't just, think she's 6'9". I think she's 5'9". Whatever. She's a 5'9 problem. That, that's all she... That just like... that's that's She knows exactly what she is. Yeah. Who's your MVP? Roger. Roger! Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Ugh. He's great. Really? I didn't care for that song, that slow song. I mean, it was well performed, the four seconds of it that I listened to. But It was, but it was too long. That's a boring That's, song. Yeah. Favorite scene? Uh, again, the Jocasta Claire yeah. uh, little banger at the hangar where they have a little fight. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I had a lot of favorite scenes. I had a lot of favorite yeah, scenes in this apparently episode. Apparently so. But I will say that probably my all-time favorite scene was when they showed like this, your all-time for the episode or all-time no, for no. all-time. Oh no, that couldn't even begin all-time I know. I know. favorite scene. But for the episode would be Roger and Brianna driving and then it dissolving into You did like that. Uh, you, like goosebumps. I think cuz I was talking you actually you're like wait 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 stop look at this. I'm like stop like talking. Were, yeah, you were this, very, this is going to blow your mind. You love that. <laughs> and you're like Hot yeah. dissolve. You're like that was a nice dissolve for sure. Yeah. <laughs> least favorite scene. Uh I mean least favorite scene a lot of the Roger and Brianna stuff was just snorific I think I don't know maybe the maybe in the cabin okay maybe so cabin. mine was just when he sang that slow the song, song yeah ever yeah too much yeah okay all right well I mean that wraps up episode what are we at three episode three how many to go how many ten 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 episodes only Ooh, ten more hours outlander in my life well I mean, is there a two-hour finale? I hope so. Oh, God. I don't think so, though. Well, we'll find out. I would love if there would be. We'll see. But in the meantime, that wraps up yet another edition of Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, anytime, anywhere. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good night. Bye. Promise me I'll be back in time.